I'm your host, Rachel Fialco, and welcome to The Inner Beauty Code. I'm obsessed with all things personal growth, spirituality, human behavior, beauty, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and beyond. Join me as we uncover spiritual practices and practical tools for a more fulfilling and purposeful life, all while learning to strike that perfect balance between internal and external beauty. Get ready to embark on a remarkable journey of self-exploration and self-improvement where strength, beauty, and transformation converge. Hello and welcome to The Inner Beauty Code. I'm your host, Rachel Fialco, and I am here today with Rita Merchandani, who is an Akashic Records reader, a spiritual coach, and just overall amazing person. I am so blessed to have her in my life and share her energy, and I can't wait to share her with you guys. She is amazing at helping to release blockages energetically and to help me and you tune into your inner self and tap back into yourself for your inner guidance. So Rita, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I feel the same about you. I'm so lucky to know you and I'm so happy to be a guest uh, today. So welcome to everyone listening. Yes. Okay. So for those people who do not know what are the Akashic Records, what does it mean to have an Akashic Records reading and yeah. What, what can the Akashic Records do for you? Perfect. Well, I'll probably give you the Google definition and then I'll go into my definition. So mm-hmm. if you Google the Akashic Records, you will find something along the lines of it is the internet of the universe. So it is an energetic field where you can find out any answer. But I feel like that's often overwhelming. Like, really, there's this field that exists that can give me the answer to anything. But the way I see it is that it's a soul to soul connection. So when you're having a reading, you're essentially asking someone to give you guidance from your soul. So it should resonate and it should kind of spark like truth in you. At the same time, though, we can all go into our own Akashic records if we want to learn. But it's the same thing as like going to an accountant. Not everyone chooses that they want to learn how to do that. They, You know, if you can invest in someone else to do that. So that's how I see the Akashic records. It's really a way for you to have a deep dive into your soul. Wonderful. I love that. Yeah. Is that how you see it as well? I know that you've also learned about the Akashic Records. Yes, I did learn how to read the Akashic Records, but I didn't, I'm not as experienced and haven't taken full on (laughs) becoming a reader like you have. But yes, I can attest to um, what you've said. It totally resonates with me and my experience getting readings from you have been just really amazing. And yeah, what I, what I've found about doing them and getting readings from you and other people is that it kind of reaffirms things within us that we already know, but also helps to like reconnect you or to give you that reassurance with things. You're like, oh, wow, I didn't think of it this way or didn't realize this was blocking me from moving forward, but it makes sense. So I think that's amazing. I love that. The way I would almost describe it is like if you have a house and you know there's so much potential, but you're just overwhelmed with like where everything goes, oftentimes an interior designer will be like, this is the way it will flow. And you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. But it just helps to have that second set of eyes looking at it. So um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been reading the Akashic Records and how you even came across it? Um, how did it come into your life? And, and, and yeah, just tell us your journey getting there, if that's okay. Yeah, I would love to share. 
So I started my spiritual, or I had my spiritual awakening in 2016. Prior to that, I had almost zero interest in psychics, spirituality, intuition, like learning about that. It wasn't on my path. Um, And I think it was because I had so deeply suppressed it prior to that, where I was like afraid of it. And so when I had my awakening, it was this sudden like burst of knowing that, oh my goodness, there's so much more to this world. And I think a lot of people have slower awakenings where it's more manageable and bite-sized where, you know, you're suddenly like aware of things you weren't before. For me, it felt like my world went from black and white to color overnight. And in that process, learning about energy, spirituality, eventually it led me in 2020, I was working as a consultant in hotels to have my first Akashic Record reading. And in that reading, I had no idea what it was. I was like, okay, I'm just feeling drawn to this, which I think most people who find the Akashic, it's actually because it comes out of nowhere. They're like, what is this thing? Let me go try it. And in that reading, I was told I should be reading the records. So I just started and that was 2020. And then slowly it just started to grow. I just started by word of mouth to grow. And then really it just got better every time I started to do it. Amazing. So what can someone expect from a reading? Like how can, how can someone benefit from it? Just explain like maybe, I mean, you don't have to share the, the details of your clients, but maybe some breakthroughs that people have had or, or just what would the process look like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can use my own life to, you know, first start, which was that I literally went to a reading and it changed the entire course of my life um, by telling me I should be reading. You know, that's something pretty specific not every time we have a reading is that that specific. I've had other readings and, you know, sometimes it's just little pieces of bite-sized information such as like, um, you know, you really should be focusing on learning about nature or you really should be focusing on how to love yourself more. But every time you go to a reading, it's supposed to spark something in you that um, helps give you guidance on where to go. So even when we're in really dark points in our life, like there's always something that our Akashic can tell us about how to navigate it. Or really, when life becomes overwhelming, like this human world we've created, if you come back to the soul, even the hardest things just seem more manageable. So I see that as the most beneficial part of having access to the Akashic. You never feel alone. You never feel as overwhelmed as maybe we do when we feel disconnected from that. Yeah, I love that. I totally believe in leaving, leading a soul-led life. Yeah. And maybe the Akashic Records kind of awakened that within me too. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. What do you do as far as a spiritual coach? So that really varies for each person I'm working with. It's kind of tailored to what the individual wants. Like I've had someone come to me and they're like, I just want, or many just want to feel more connected to themselves. And they're like, how do we do that? And that really is just starting experimenting. Like asking, how do you feel if we do this? Have you ever talked to your own heart? Have you ever considered your inner child? Like you just start to go through all the avenues and you start to notice where there are blockages or where there is stickiness or where there's areas where that person maybe hasn't gone before. You do some shadow work, but at the same time too, like I've had some clients who like want to work on a book. So we work on their spiritual journey and that then is poured into the book. So creative projects also come from spiritual coaching because the purpose of it is, is for you to become more connected to yourself so that it pours into every aspect of your life, which could be business projects, any area. So it's really getting you connected. So you thrive in whatever you're doing. 
I love that. Yeah. And like I said, from experience and just being friends with you, I know that you've given me insights into things about myself. And I think it's like really hard for people a lot of times to get to a point where they would be open to and willing to look at themselves because it's not easy. It's not easy to look yourself in the mirror and admit that there's things that you need to change or even getting to the point where you're aware of something that isn't working for you anymore and figuring out how it could be better and realizing I need to make a change to have my life go in a direction that I want it to because I'm sick of it going in going left and I want to go right. So it, it can be really helpful having like someone else to share that with or someone else that's like a third party almost to uh, to the outcome of your life, you know, and just be there to totally guide you through. And that's been really helpful for me working with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you. Can I add something to that? Yeah. Well, I was going to say too, oftentimes like many cannot see the benefit of like, well, why, what's the benefit to this? Mm-hmm. And mainly I think it's men at first. Like I think women um, come to a point where they're like, I need to be able to tap into this or I feel disconnected from myself. But because for men, it's so stigmatized still in a way, I want to offer a perspective shift where like, if you want to feel good in your body, right? Like you you would endure the pain maybe of an ice bath or going to the gym, or you would endure a pain in a certain way that feels uncomfortable learning to tap into your intuition, you have to endure the pain that exists within. So it's no different. It's just a mindset shift. So if we're avoiding that, you know, it's the same thing as avoiding like what we know is good for us, an ice bath, um, going to the gym. These are all parts of keeping your human self running functionally. Yeah. So you also have to have like the internal emotional, mental part of it as well, functioning because... Yeah. It seems like societies it's becoming more and more destigmatized all of these things because they're they're essential to our overall well-being, the spiritual mindset and physical aspects. Absolutely. Totally agree, which is part of the reason why I started this and you're doing the work that you're doing too. Yeah, and so I mean, I guess we kind of touched on the topic of like why it would be important for you to maybe start looking at or being open to the fact that it is important for you to look at your your internal self and your emotions and basically how else can someone benefit from from doing that if they're maybe like thinking about it or just don't know where to start and what are like some breakthroughs or some some resistance that people feel that getting a spiritual coach or else being open to making these changes like how can they what can they expect definitely I think go where you're drawn, right? So everyone kind of starts with their person. So for me, it was Tony Robbins, which um, do do you have a person that this whole journey started with? Yeah, um, I I would listen to a lot of Tony Robbins too. Like in high school, my uncle introduced me to him when I was like 17 and Deepak Chopra. And then like, uh, I know Wayne Dyer was a big one. And then um, um, Abraham Hicks. Yeah. Those were people that really led the way. So I think- that's where I would say start is whoever you feel connected to, that's where you should go. Um, Cause that's going to open a bridge to the next person, to the next person to help you kind of make layer the layers. Cause it's a lot to just make a huge jump into something. You want to test the waters. Like yoga is a huge gateway for a lot of people. That's where many of us are first exposed to 
different types of thinking. Even though it's become so modernized, it's a great gateway. Breathwork's now becoming really mainstream. So anywhere you feel drawn, you're like, you know what? That sounds cool. Let me go try that. Like that's the gateway for you. And that will lead you into more and more. Yeah, that's such an interesting perspective, actually. And and I wasn't thinking about that because for people who think astrology, Akashic records, you know, psychic, intuitive guidance might sound a little woo-woo for them, like Mm -hmm. start with the physical practices where you can actually see those hard data, like evidence that, listen, I'm, I know my, I feel different when I walk out of this class or I'm more flexible or I, f- I feel like I'm more in my body. Like even those practices getting you into your body, whether it's meditating, breath work, yoga, that is also a great way for people to make a shift. If Even if they're not open to the woo-woo ish, I hate that word by the way, but you know, the more, I guess. Like mystical. Mystical part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that what happens is that once people have learned the physical data side, there often comes this point where it's not enough. They feel dissatisfied. And like, usually that's the key that like, okay, can you lean a bit in more into the next thing? Like, what would it feel like if you read a book about Akashic Records or psychics or past lives like just notice what it brings up in you if it makes you feel uncomfortable I would invite you to explore that because where there's discomfort there's something that we need to address within ourselves we don't have to go that direction but just say like do I just genuinely not resonate with it or am I uncomfortable at what it might actually tell me that I don't want to know yeah and it's like almost being open to getting like however the destin however you arrive at the destination of where you need to be next like being open to the path that takes you there instead of thinking like oh no this isn't going to work and one thing i i feel very strongly about and which i consider you know you to be one of these people is like when the student is ready the teacher appears and you have to like be open to that and i can there are very distinct people and times in my life starting when I was like 26, 27, um, up until presently. And then even with you, it's like, there are people that even if it's one conversation and they share information with you and they're like, um, you know, one woman taught me about energy and just the, you know, the quantum physics side of even if you, if you think it doesn't make sense, it's like scientifically proven that we're all made of energy and it's not created or destroyed, right? It just changes form. And I just remember like that led me to the next person when I was ready to take like the next turn on my journey. And it just unfolds in a way that you can't predict or imagine. And I think, yeah, it's really interesting that there are so many different ways to arrive where you need to be. It's just being open to seeing it when it comes. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I love how you you stated that, you know, because the, the point is not just having a destination, right, of like the end of our life. It's like exploring and the teachers that show up or the people even that just show up, they all lead us there. Um, I know one thing on my journey that I had to learn was like the teachers appeared similar to what you said, but when they would disappear, I had a really hard time with that. But I've learned now that's like part of it is not having attachment to like how things show up or when they leave or when they come. 
that is a huge part of at least my spiritual journey, but I think for many, the non-attachment part, because then you can flow into the next part easier. Otherwise we get stuck. Um, then we're like, nope, this was supposed to be the person, this was supposed to be the way, and then we can't move on to the next area that life's trying to flow us into. Mm -hmm. Totally. I'm going through <laughs> that right now, with, even if it's your ex-boyfriend. <laughs> that's showing you something about yourself because it's like a reflection, right? A mirror that's just showing you what you need to work on. Oh, it's just, it's hard. It's, it's, it's the, one of the hardest parts, I think, about being human. Yeah, totally. So fostering your your spiritual connection and being open to it is essential to I th I really think it's it's not like you're never going to have problems or you're never going to experience resistance, but it's giving you like that grace to move through it and shift the perspective of what it was that that you are going through or went through. So yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. And I can even share more and more that I've gone down this path. I used to really not like confrontational conversations, like, cause I was always afraid people would leave or that I'd be abandoned. That was my core wound. And the more I've gone down this path, I'm like, okay, you know, the right people won't. So it's been a practice. And now what I'm finding is they don't leave anymore. Like once you're like, okay, with a certain outcome, like they don't more so with friendships. That's been my experience. So there's something too about life just gives you the lessons you need to shape you into the person you're becoming. Um, and I think when we embrace that, instead of feeling hurt over it, we're like, okay, who, who is the universe asking me to become? That's I think when you said essential, I had major chills and I'm like, yeah, it is essential because I wouldn't have become the woman I meant to become without all those previous circumstances where I was afraid of confrontation. And now I can see like, oh, it doesn't need to be confrontation. I don't like that word. Honest heart-to-heart -heart conversations can lead to friendships becoming closer instead of distancing when they're with the right energy. Yeah, that's so good. And just what like stuck out for me and what you just said too was um, it's like we're all like our core wounds. We're all afraid, you know, like Tony Robbins says, like the most common core beliefs that people are is like, I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be abandoned or rejected if I show up like as my authentic self basically in life. Yep. And then afraid of people leaving us. Mm -hmm. And I think there is no other way to live than to show up as your true self. And I think once, when you do, it's so freeing, like that internal freedom that you have when you can show up and just be true to yourself is is so like I, I you can't I, I you can't get it anywhere else like you can't get it from any external sources and I think um you know when you do that like you said you will attract when you're in that energy of like this is who I am and you know you recognize that okay this is a this is a old wound of mine there's two things so basically yeah. showing up and being in that energy of um that's authentic to you, like the right people will be attracted to you at that level. And then you're going to experience a different outcome in your friendships when you're showing up, you know, yeah. in a different way than, than you were in the past, instead of coming out of like a place of fear. Right. Cause I, I've gone to therapy for two, over two years now consistently. And I've worked on a lot of like deep core wounds be, uh, with my therapist. And I think I've probably shared this with you too, where like, you know, 80% of 
your mind and, and your actions are unconscious to you based upon those core wounds that you have mm-hmm. and abandonment and fear of rejection are really common ones, the same ones that I just mentioned before. So I think a lot of people are operating that and that is preventing you from showing up as your as your authentic self if you're not recognizing that. And I don't think that there's ever, I think it's a journey, right, to get past those wounds, but the more and more that you recognize like, okay, that's my, that's my wound talking here. It's not really real. It allows you to continue to show up as more authentic to who, to who you are. You really are, which is like your soul connection, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's really beautiful. I, I love what you just said. Um, I think there's so much there. Yeah. With wounding and our wounds eventually become our gifts. If we look at it the right way, and that's often like when someone is like the same thing keeps happening to me. I'm like, you're so close to your gift. Like you're so close. Like that's the gift that's it's saying like, you're almost there. I, I really believe that. And that's when my own life, when that happens, I'm like, all right, universe, I see it. You loud and clear. Like I'm coming for it. And you know, what's interesting this, I remembered something when you were talking about our core wounds. So I am an introvert in the Myers-Briggs test. And I would say I can swing from introvert to extrovert depending on what's needed. But I read something where someone was talking about how they thought they were an introvert their whole life because at parties they would get their energy drained and they would leave early. And I was like, oh yeah, that's sometimes what happened to me. I I think that's interesting. But they said eventually that they learned it was because they were pretending at the parties and that's what was draining their energy. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if I ever thought I was pretending, but let me like dive into that. And I realized that oftentimes like introverts aren't always able to express their full self in a, in a group. And this is what leads to the energy drainage. And I, I'm not going to say this for everyone, but this is something I've noticed about myself that is very interesting. There is something to that many of us, including myself at points, we're acting inauthentic and not even knowing it. Like at a party, for example, a good example where extroverts, I think, are able to be completely themselves, but there's something, at least within myself as an introvert, that would stop me fully being my full self. I don't know what that is, but it's changed over time. The more I acknowledged it, like, for example, if I want to be on my phone for five minutes and just chill and not be social at a party, that's okay. But before I would make that wrong. And that drains an introvert. So there's something to that too, about even just noticing how do you show up when you're in a group and not in a group? And that can show you so much about like your energy, your woundings, what unconsciously might be going on. Yeah, that's so good. And just connecting it back to just doing like what's best for you out of like a place of, okay, authenticity, instead of trying to live up to what you think you should be at a party, right? Like, oh, I, yep. I should be talking. It's it's not like you just said, I can't go sit over here for five minutes and just like recharge, yep. you know, for a second. Cause yeah, I feel the same way. And I, one thing that I've worked on my therapist too, is like social anxiety. I would like show up sometimes to even like a dinner with a bunch of people and just like, I could feel myself like freezing. And again, I think, yeah, it's like, because I wasn't doing what was best for me or, or or interacting with people in a way that felt good for me. I was like more worried about like, okay, what, like, who do I talk to? Who, like, what yeah, person? Yeah. <sighs> like, am I talking enough? Am I looking like a weirdo? Like, you know? Yeah. 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 It makes sense. And also yeah, making sure so- like, are other people comfortable in my energy? Like, am I, do I appear happy? Like all these things that 
it's just like, where were we taught all of this? Like, you know, I think empaths often just pick up on like how you're supposed to show up or they perceive it and like they can notice any shift. So they want to maintain the shift. And yeah, it really just comes down to trying to control anything negative from happening. At least that's what I've identified in myself that it used to be this pattern. Now it's like, no, let, let whatever yeah. will be, will be. <laughs> yeah. And that's so true too, where people are more affected by the energy around them. Like you just said too, like I've been in crowds too, or been, you know, have social anxiety too, where it's like that overthinking coupled with like the energy around you. It's just like, sometimes you just need to take a break and go like, who, let me go to the bathroom and just like hang out here for a second and just like breathe and just like clear all the, all the energy out of my system to go back and do it again. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) Uh, And then I wanted to talk about something that you've been talking about recently and you actually when you visited me in London you told me about this and it is the seven major chakra systems that most people are familiar with or have seen before where it goes red orange yellow green for the heart blue for the throat purple and then ultraviolet violet white you have been talking about chakra 4.5, which is located between the heart and the throat chakra. And I am so fascinated by this. And I would like you to explain that. And I, I, and I need to know a lot of things about it. So let's yeah. start with what, what that is. <laughs> Great. Well, there are many chakras. So I think we've been taught about the seven traditional because they're the primary ones in our body that you know, it would be overwhelming to talk about how many there are. But in different traditions, there are some that are outside of our body. I actually access the Akashic records through what could be called a chakra outside of the body. And like your 10th? Yeah, it, we call it like the oversoul, but it's uh, it's up here. It's like in ancient Egypt, they called it the Ka. But even our higher self is supposed to be like a little bit above our body. So when you're open to this, you know, you kind of just find you stumble upon things like versus just being like, no, there's seven and that's the only thing. So the chakra 4.5 is located. There's like a bump right here. I don't know if you can feel it on yourself too. Um, that's your thymus gland. And that is where they say that the this is located. So you don't want to like tap it or anything unless you feel called. Just... You can place your hand there and you can set the intention to connect to chakra 4.5, which is called the high heart. So when I've explored it, my learnings about it is that it's a bridge between what your heart wants to express to the world, what your heart wants for you. And then, you know, your voice is what you express to the world. So oftentimes someone will say something like, I really want to quit my job. Their heart keeps telling them something. They know it in their whole being. They're like, yes. But the, the job, their manager's like, hey, would you like to go on that business trip next month? And they're like, yeah, of course I would. Like, you know, there's a disconnect between what our heart is telling us and what we're expressing to the world. So before I go into the 4.5, like something I learned about our voice, which is really interesting, is that it's where we hold our truth. So, you know, we tell the universe what's real and what's not real here by what we say. So as much as we might know it in our heart, where we kind of manifest from, so to speak, is actually the voice. So there's so much power here that for many remains unutilized. And I, when I learned that, I'm like, oh, I really need to watch what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. And I need to speak truth faster. Like there's no more waiting. Like it needs to come out because if that's controlling my, my energy field, 
need to. And I was going to say too, like your mind, I feel like the heart and the mind is kind of like, then maybe once, if you're not speaking your truth, maybe your mind starts to like influence and suppress what your heart's telling you. And then, you know, you, that's where it comes from. Like, oh yeah, like I should be doing this, like mentally over-processing. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, yeah, but there's definitely truth to that. Um, There's so much truth to that. So I don't know as much about the thymus gland. So again, not medical advice. You can kind of look up what it does, but it does a lot of filtering for the body against different diseases. Like I read it, it filters like against certain cancers or it kind of alerts you. So if you think even about what it does medically, um, that tells you a little bit about what it might be doing intuitively for us. So if you really tune in here, it's really telling you like what's not serving you and what you need to instead focus on. In the seven primary chakras, chakras, there can be a lot of heaviness. Like the high heart feels more of like a light one that's just more like connected to your inner being and soul. So when you connect to this, it bridges what your heart knows and what your voice wants to speak. So if you connect to it, just notice what words you want to say. It might just be, I'm done with that relationship or I'm done not watching my finances or I'm so proud of myself, but like notice when you are holding it, what wants to come out of you and that's your high heart. Okay. So tapping into it would be just reiterate that for me, like tapping into it or, or, or becoming more attuned to what it's trying to say. How would we differentiate like between the mind, like the gut intuition, heart situation, and then that. So it takes practice like to become really in tune with your body. So if this is your first time, like don't be hard on yourself. It takes a while. If you're someone who's in a practice of like tuning into their body a lot, it might be easier. But I just like to place my hand on it and I just speak. I don't think. So like you're like, am I doing it right? You're not that you don't need to even think about that. You're doing it right. Just speak out loud what wants to come out. And that is your high heart speaking. And it might not make sense. It might be like, you should dye your hair blue. And you'll be like, what? Like, why would my high heart tell me that? But it might be this old childhood dream you had that you never lived upon. And the point of your heart is that it's not supposed to be logical. So it's very logical that actually what comes out will not be logical. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think like sometimes logic can get in the way of where like our soul wants to lead us to. And that's something that I'm trying to work on too, is like really being okay with if it doesn't make sense to the like rest of the world, but this is what I f- I'm feeling called or drawn to do, like allowing myself to go there instead of like preventing myself, you know, because I think maybe like it's connected to feeling like you're nobody else can see the dream and the vision that you have for your life. And it's coming to you for a reason. So not to get like too deep into, but like human design, like I'm a manifesting generator and I have a lot of manifesting energy and and it's like against what is how I'm supposed to use my energy is not to ask everybody else what their Mm -hmm. opinion is. It's just, just tap in and say, this is where I'm going. Get on board. If you resonate with it and want to go with me, otherwise, like it's not, you know, not the right energetic fit for you or something, you know? And I, that's reminding me of like, maybe that's another way or the way that you need to be able to take that step forward when you're tapping into that area of your Yeah. I think that's beautiful. I love that example. I think it's unique to all of us, right? So mm-hmm. whatever is you're listening, you feel called to do, that could be it. Some people just have to write. They can journal and that's their way to access. Other people, meditation, 
Um, some just visualize it and that, you know, they learn for some who it's their first time, I always encourage them to speak because I feel like that's the most just like, whoa, what just came out of me. But going back to what you said about trusting our knowing over like what's logical. This past week, I had an example of this where I'm working on a project with a friend and I, I got this intuitive knowing of you're not meant to be working on this together anymore. And this was a really hard knowing because I love this person. There's no logical reason. It was actually going great. The project's going great. So when this knowing came, I'm like, you know, why, like, why then did we even start? Like, what's the point of this universe? And I was so scared to have that conversation because I'm like, oh, again, they're going to leave. When we had the conversation, I have this candle beside me and I tell her and I'm like, I, I really hope you understand. Like, what do you think? And she says, I came on this call to tell you the exact same thing. So, you know, and she's like, Rita, I have a candle beside me. And I'm like, I have a candle beside me. And it was this beautiful moment where there was no trick from the universe. Like if it's possible, we could have both got on that call, never said it. And then we would have moved forward with something that maybe for whatever reason, isn't in our highest alignment now, maybe down the road it will be. But that's the beauty of trusting. Like you can't have magical moments like that unless you just like lean in and you're like, I don't know. Like the universe could be tricking me, but why would it do that? Yeah. And it's like, again, going back to like detaching from the outcome or the end of like the journey because you've mapped it out in your head. Like it's supposed to look like this when actually like there's a whole different plan and like think like things can change and that's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. And it's also giving me more motivation to an inspiration from you saying these things to really listen to my gut or, or your heart, you know, wherever it's coming from here. Um, your intuition that's like saying like, this is, this isn't right. This isn't right. Go move forward. And I I've had that recently. And I know I mentioned relationships before, but like I had a situation where with someone recently where I'm like, my intuition kept telling me stuff. And, and I, and I was listening to it. And finally I was like, wow, like I found exactly what my intuition was telling me like Mm -hmm. was there. So yeah, it's like, you know, yeah, so good. Yeah. And it, and it's, lead if you are really open to it can be leading you to like something better or maybe it's just freeing up your energy to be able to put your energy into something that's you're supposed to be creating or you know yeah I once had an intuition on something that not a lot believed me on at the time I didn't tell many people but I just felt it had to do with a past relationship and I, I was like no this like something is not right I would just say this And I asked the person and, you know, they said, no, there's no truth to that. Like, you know, for two years. And finally, after two years, they called me and they said, I I need to tell you finally the truth. Like, and I'm like, oh my God, I was right. (laughs) And But at that point, I didn't need the validation. Like I knew my, at that point, my gut was so solid in my knowing. Um, So I think that's the key to intuition is that you no longer need someone verifying it for you. You're like, look, this yeah. is actually more for you to release guilt at this point than anything else. Cause I actually have moved on and I feel okay. So it's so good. Just be opening to receive and just again, like the, the heaviness that comes with you trying to resist or you going down a path that like, you know, God, the universe is trying to pull you away from. It's like so heavy, you know? Yeah. And that, 
the energy you get from listening to it can be like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Or like we create these stories in our head as to why we can't do it or can't listen or can't follow like something that's coming to us. And again, so freeing. Anyways, this is just like, oh, yeah, so good. (laughs) I think that's where it's like, I agree with what you said, because we all want comfort. Who doesn't? Like, who doesn't want stability? Like, I want to know that you're never going to leave me. But like, at the same time, I'd rather that we both have really fun lifetimes and that we both grow to our fullest extent. So if that means this is a short time that changes my life, like, okay. Yeah. You know, and then someone else amazing will come. And like, if you look back on your life, usually when someone leaves, someone equally or more comes in your life. And then it's like, wow, like there's more, there's more of these for me. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know it could get better. Yeah. It can always, yeah. yeah. I always say that to the universe. I'm like, more, please like show me how good it can become. Okay. And then I wanted to know, so my mission with this podcast too, is to help women to find confidence and help them to find the freedom that I've found and that I'm continuously into pursuit of from external validation, from comparison, from feeling that like heavy resistance that you feel going down a path, trying to cling to things that aren't meant to be in your life anymore, or whether that's like finding the courage to leave a relationship, leave a job, up and move to London, (laughs) out of nowhere, up and decide that you're going to travel around to and live a nomadic life like you and your partner have decided to do right now. Where and how do you think that you've been able to find confidence like are there practices are there realizations that have that have you've come across that have helped to build your self-worth and your confidence like maybe can you share a little bit about that and whether that's getting online and saying I'm a psychic and I'm going to help you with your guidance I think being in the Akashic Records and being more of a spiritual, intuitive guide or coach is a little bit different than what we in society have thought of psychics to be in a way. So maybe share like two things. Yeah. The first thing I said is there certain things that have helped you feel confident, like with who you are, with your body, with being a woman, being Rita, and then also um, being able to get on social media like you have and just really speak authentically about what it is that you feel called to do. Yeah. And I love your mission and I love what you're doing for women. So I also want to say that. Um, Well, there's a few things. When I first started, the number one thing was testing the waters. So it was just trial and error. Like if I post something, I didn't die. Oh, shocker. Like even though I felt like I might die, I didn't die. So that's kind of the beginning stage is just getting over all of your fears and just there's no other way but just jumping right in. And that is where I see people struggle the most is that they wait, they just wait for things to be perfect and it's never going to be perfect. Uh, You just need to start and that will get the ball rolling and that'll tell the universe where you're headed. So it's always important to tell the universe where you're trying to go and you show it by daily actions, like even a little post, even a little, I'm just going to show my face for a second today let me just get comfortable, like that starts to get you in the momentum and the universe rolling with it. The second thing that really catapulted me with a lot of confidence is being around others who, you know, are looking or embodying that as well. Like I, I always had a lot of 
body issues. I had an eating disorder prior to this whole spiritual awakening. And it was coming because I didn't feel connected to myself. And the connection to self came from really loving and just being okay with who I am. And not only being okay with it, but falling in love with who I am, which was a daily practice. Like at the start, even just looking in the mirror saying, I love you, which by the way, this is a great practice, looking yourself in the eyes and trying to say, I love you. You know, the first time I couldn't do it. Then the second time I'm there bawling my eyes out, hysterical, like, you know, um, and now it's like a daily thing where I'm like, wow, you look so good. I love you. You're, you're, you're great. I'm proud of you. So there's little practices you can do, but retreats also last year were a big thing for me that helped. So I went from not being confident in my body to running around the jungle kind of naked with other women. And there was something freeing and empowering about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I never <laughs> thought I'd go that route, but honestly, it was so nice to just reclaim my body and my freedom in that way. <laughs> I love that you brought up the mirror talk because I'm actually going to do a podcast on like little things that I've done that have helped me and that I can't tell you, I did not even realize how incredible it could be to look yourself in the mirror and how many people don't think about that. Like, you know, when you look at the mirror, you don't really see yourself. Like a lot of times you're just like putting on makeup, doing your hair and you're not actually like connecting with yourself, yeah. if you will. And to be able to do that, like most people can't look in the mirror and say, you know, I love you. You're amazing. Like go you. And when, and I couldn't do it either at first. And now that has been so empowering because I think, you know, if you don't believe it about yourself, how can, how can you expect other people to, if you don't, if you don't love yourself, how do you expect other people to be able to like see you? And and I think like sometimes it could be nice, like other people see things about us that we don't see. And, and, but this is like, again, a way that leads you back to yourself. I love that you just shared that stuff and oh. running around the jungle naked. I don't even know if I'd be able to do that right now, even though I'm okay with my body. That's, I applaud you for being able to do that. Well, you have to decide if you want to, too, right? Like, you know, not, yeah. not everyone wants to. It's all about what feels empowering to you. But in the right group, I feel like you just feel free. You don't care anymore. Um, mm -hmm. And also, sometimes there's an empowerment to being like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, like that doesn't feel I don't need to do that. But I, I can't wait to hear your mirror episode. I think that that's so empowering. So if you're listening and you're like, how do I start to tune into myself more? Just give yourself even a minute, like put a timer on and that's enough for the first day. Then the next day, try two minutes and, you know, honor your body because it can bring up a lot of, a lot of deep stuff and just go slow. Like that's actually the path of self-love is not forcing things and not forcing it to happen, but like, all right, I'm gently going to just ease into this. Yeah. Even like 10 seconds of like looking at your body in the mirror and like, we're all, we're all like own worst critic, right? It's so terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And then like another powerful practice with the body specifically is going through and just being like to every part that you've called something mean in the past. Um, just being like, wow, you're, I really love this and put your hands over it and speak love into it because there's so much of our body that all we do, all it hears from us is complaints and it keeps us alive and it um, not only keeps us alive, it gives us intuition, it gives us our hearts, it gives us our mind. And it's for a lot of the planet so underappreciated. 
Absolutely. Yes. One more thing before we go. So the inner beauty code to me and why I named this podcast that was because I think everyone has a unique essence, a unique, everyone's unique, even though, you know, we're the same, we're all unique and we all have different minds that's, that are separate from everyone else. And we're all given different gifts to share to share with each other. I think that's really like part of our purpose on this planet is to be able to connect and and help others emotionally evolve while we're evolving ourselves emotionally, right? Into like the best versions of ourselves. But what do you think your inner beauty code is that allows you to connect with others? What do you think you're meant to share or you're at your something about your true essence I love that idea. And I love, I believe that too. Uh, I think what comes to me right now is two things. I had to work so hard on accessing my own heart that uh, I think I've become good at helping others access their heart. And I also took a very long time to love and believe in myself. So it's almost like when I see people, I see the star that's within them and my desire is if they want to let that out to show them how to let it shine. So those are the two things I had to learn and I'm still learning. And I think those are where I like to focus my time and energy with others. Perfect. I love that. So Rita, where can people find you if they want to connect with you on social media? So I have a website, which is my full name, RitaEllenMerchandani.com. I also just started a YouTube channel and that's also my name and my probably biggest platform that I am on consistently is Instagram, which is also my name, Rita Ellen Merchandani. (laughs) So pretty simple. And you also started a podcast as well. Just started a podcast, the Rita Ellen Merchandani show. And you are also on TikTok, right? Also on TikTok, just got back on. So all under the same brand. All the above. Yeah. Perfect. And so we'll put that in the show notes for everybody to be able to connect with you. And you are offering spiritual coaching and Akashic Records reading now if anybody is interested. And I can attest to Rita being extremely helpful Aww. and insightful. So thank you so perfect. much. And also, if you want to learn how to read the records, if you haven't learned yet, I'm going to be having a course that's uh, available to everyone coming out. Amazing. And I just said we're signing off, but there's one thing that I wanted to share for people who um, have never had a reading or, or don't really believe in it or don't really maybe think that you would know what you're talking about because obviously people would. But what I can say about the Akashic Records from learning how to read them myself and reading for other people, when you are connected to the re- someone else's records, which is uh, it has to be an agreement and that person has to okay it, allow you to read. And as a reader, you're not allowed to connect to someone else's records without their permission. So just throwing that out there. But um, what was really cool for me is that when I'm reading for somebody else and when you tap into someone else's records, it's a completely different l- like line of information that comes to you. It's not, you're not thinking about it. It's not like a conscious thought process. You, It's like a knowing and just like things come to you that might not even make sense to you as a reader about the other person, but resonates and makes sense for them. So I just want to throw that out there that from personal experience, like there is 
it's not like you're just sitting there making up a bunch of stuff and thoughts in your head because you're not even thinking like a normal thought process while you're reading for somebody. So that's cool. Just to throw that out there, guys, if you are skeptical about it, it's just a really different experience. Totally. And can I add one thing to that too? Yes. Yes. This is what my thought would be if someone was reading for me. The In the prayer or the way that I've always orchestrated it, it's only what is for your highest good. So you might be like, well, why can't that person access who I'm going to marry? And it's like for 99% of the population, if we knew who we were going to marry, we wouldn't do any work. Why would we work if we knew that they were coming and that like we wouldn't go out on dates, we wouldn't become the person we're meant to become or, you know, why can't they access the lottery codes? Is that really for everyone's highest good? So when you go into a reading, it's only what your soul actually wants for you to learn at that time. So you don't have yeah, to worry at that about time. Yeah, at that time. Yeah. So that can change every day. So that's why it's a moving field that your soul is trying to help you through. Yeah, perfect. I love that. Thank you so, so much, Rita. It was such a pleasure to talk to you as always. I really appreciate your time and I hope everyone is going to get something out of this conversation that we had and yeah yeah. everyone go find Rita she's amazing thank you so are you thank you for having me on and I love the mission and the inner beauty code thank you so much Rita bye bye thanks so much for listening I hope you got some valuable takeaways from this episode info will be in the show notes but the inner beauty code podcast is available on all major listening platforms Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We love to hear from you. So if there are any other topics you want to hear about, DM at Inner Beauty Code on Instagram. See you next time. And remember, unlocking the code to your inner beauty is always within your reach.